welcome back, everybody. We're going to continue our conversation with a wonderful actress who is just as pleasant of a person as the first big movie that she was in. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thank you for coming on. And um, I find it interesting, you know, um, how, how kind of life is like and how the cycles are. Um, early on in your career, at the beginning of your career, when you were on Pleasantville, and that's the movie mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you were on it, it, it deals with uh, kind of this, you know, slower pace, more idyllic, uh, um, you know, style of life. And as I look at your career, you know, fast forward a few years and getting to a turning point of your career and a lot of uh, what you have been doing uh, lately, it's uh, Lifetime movies. And it deals again with that same kind of uh, same simpler, more um, nicer pace of life. Just interesting how life uh, kind of works out. Yeah, well, and, and then uh, kind of in the uh, realm of art imitating life too, suddenly we're in with Pleasantville, which I thought was pretty ahead of his time. And it was about simpler life in the 50s but then in some ways it was um kind of a social commentary on where we had gone where how we'd move forward and maybe where we still needed to move forward in regards to um civil rights and and race relations so it's it's interesting to I, to look back and and see that i i was really it was a dream working on that it was gary ross's directing debut he had written at that point but he was that was his first big directing thing so yeah well it's it's a great introduction to uh to kind of your uh you know your hollywood uh path I, I hollywood dream yes <laughs> and uh again another kind of the the life element of uh you know where you started out you were born mm -hmm. uh, in alaska and uh, you started out in, in a very small uh, small town or village, uh, really. And for a first kind of big Hollywood project to be set in a small town in a in a more kind of a different time from the reality of uh, where we are, it's just interesting. I, I find those things fascinating. Yeah, it's it is. A, I, I was a the Pleasantville deals with you know the chain the the actual the metaphor of going from black and white to color and expanding people's worlds. And then um, I was here, I was this little, my first seven years, I was this little blonde girl in a village of Inuit people. So I, my, it's, it's, it was definitely an interesting thing. Then I'm, 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 I'm in this huge city of Los Angeles suddenly, you know, like as um, a teenager. And then I'm, driving to this little idyllic town that they built in the Santa Monica mountains. And so it was like, I would drive over the, the, the hills um, to Malibu and then suddenly I'm transported to this little teeny town where, where really I'm living off of Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. So it just the, uh, the whole experience of being an actor and what you live through on any given day in your in your imagination is crazy and i was i just wrapped a a new lifetime film and i was like well no pun intended like i live a lifetime in a day 
from the time that I wake up early, early in the morning and then drive through LA right now in the midst of COVID and then get arrived to a set and this new normal. And then the emotions of a character that I'll probably, prayerfully, I'll never experience some of the things that these characters go through, but I go through them in my body and in my you know, mind and uh, in a given day. And then I go home and go back to whatever this real life is right now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. Again, you're talking about lifetime movies uh, and more stereotypically speaking, but I grew up on old Halloween, uh, Halloween, old Hollywood uh, musicals. That's that's kind of <gasps> was my introduction to Hollywood. So mm -hmm. for me, you know, singing in the rain and all of the you know Fred Astaire. Uh -huh. uh, so I am used to that beautiful kind of uh, softer and brighter energy. And Lifetime movies, I'm a big fan because they provide that for me. It's kind of my escape into a simpler nicer, gentler uh, energy. Do you find that, uh, you know, in Lifetime movies in general, it continues to be that way or they're starting to switch away from it? Well, I feel like maybe in the the Christmas movies that I do, for sure. Um, but in regards to, so for the Christmas movies, yes, it's yeah. taking place in a small town, uh, focused on romance. Um, I just did one that's focused on saving a wedding. Those, yes, those are a, a joy. Now, but Lifetime also is about drama and peril too. So I, I wouldn't mind do more, doing a little bit more of the Hallmarky type of Lifetime movies, which are um, in those simpler times where you know the boy meets the girl and and fall in love and, and or even the villain is transformed into a nicer person um those are those are fun and especially with the drama that the world is going through just having done this wedding movie um was really fun to get away from the drama of of uh, real life right now um but yeah, for me though, a lot of my, unless it's a Christmas movie, so many of my lifetime movies have been women in peril, mother dealing with a daughter who's in trouble, mother dealing with a daughter who's passed away. So um, I would like to see more of a turn towards uh, some, me. I'd like to, for my own sanity, be playing more of the um, happier women. <laughs> Because it's hard to let, let that go when you live in a character for like nine days straight. And then kind of that anger is, it, you know, it's, it becomes a part of your body. And then you have to kind of let that go. And I don't drink alcohol anymore. So I don't have like that release I used to have. So uh, I'd like to get back to some fun comedy, you know, like to get a little, bring a little comedy back into my life soon. <laughs> Yeah, and let's let's actually dive into that. So first of all, what do you do now to get that out of your body? And congratulations, I think uh, you know it's your seven and a half years or, or so. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. You've definitely done your work. Yeah, I'll, I'm seven and a half years sober. Yes, <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, yeah. What do you do now to get uh, to get that drama uh, uh, out of your body. 
Right now, I'm honestly just, I had to, it was such a hard, this last lifetime movie that I did was so challenging to mm -hmm. do inside with such a quick pace and to do with the, you know, restrictions that we're looking at for COVID and trying to adjust to our new normal. Like a pace of a, a lifetime movie is so fast to begin with, but then you add the restrictions to it and which I'm all for. I mean, we have to yeah. be safe, but you add that element of usually I'm just playing the fear. Now I'm there's a certain level in our daily lives of every time you walk out of your house, there's a little level of risk and fear involved. So for me, I am just taking time to put my self back into quarantine you know like couldn't do that for nine days literally it was if i could if i could get home get lock my door feed my cat and get in bed then that was my that was my release but now i'm i'm really slowing down um i would like to get to a point where i am really getting to read projects because i was so back to back with projects i'd like to get a point to a point where i really decide where my vision is for my next project instead of like each one comes to me okay i'm so glad to be working yes 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 so i'm just gonna put my own self on quarantine for a minute and just go okay you left quarantine a little bit early because it's amazing that you're working now let's go back to like having a little bit of the rest a little rest of the rest of the world is how the get get that character out and let's kind of envision what this next role should look like and how um that's where i am i guess i'm i'm put i'm forcing myself to have my own little vacation because i was so back to back on the roles now it's going to be in my own condo but i'm going to have a little vacation right here with my <laughs> glass of water and uh <laughs> community pool and hot tub i guess no, that's that's perfect. In order to kind of um, you know uh, this, this idea of getting things out of uh, your uh, out of your body after being in the character, it uh, it kind of delves into um, your acting approach. You know, for some people, uh, what they do is they're just themselves. You know, other people are completely uh, out of their own body and they're into another character. Um, and then some people, or I think most people probably are somewhere in the middle and everybody has their different options. So what, where do you find yourself in that, you know, three bucket uh, spectrum? I, I always think of like, I'm, I'm kind of a cafeteria style of acting. Like I've studied so many different techniques and right. that um, on any given day, like I'm using what works for me on that day, but I definitely feel I feel like for that moment, I'm right there in that character. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I forget how much that like lives in you, like how what type of a muscle memory that we have sometimes. So it's easy for the like pleasant and sweet roles because then you feel pleasant and sweet. But uh, this for the this last Lifetime movie that I just completed, I was playing like a, a real villain, like a real villain, not just like the antagonist, but a, a villain. And I noticed like combination of my body just be, of just being exhausted. 
I was driving and to set like a few days in and all of that like rage was still kind of like right on the surface for me. Um, and it was definitely like I was dropping into that character so fast and so easy because I really felt like the pace I hadn't done anything to like go back and get back to myself. There were some nights that I did, even as exhausted as I was, that I would, you know, I don't have that, I didn't, I don't have that glass of wine, so I just go as exhausted as while I sit in the hot tub, and I and I figure out, I get back to for a moment, Meredith, and um, but I definitely, uh, when you're living like kind of dark parts of yourself through these characters. You definitely need to find a way to remind it. Like, that's not me. That's not where I live. I'm not saying I'm about to go, you know, have road rage on someone, but I'm feeling mm. that those, all those things are still in my muscle memory from the night before because I didn't do any type of releasing and go, okay, done. Close that chapter. Yeah. Set is closed for, you know, 12 hours and you will go back, you know, go pet your cat you know, have a cup of hot cocoa or, you know, sit in your hot tub, remember who you really are because the body's amazing with what it remembers, right? Like I could find a, I, I'm sure that I could find a monologue and two words in, my body would remember that feeling of saying those words. I, it, it's like so, it's amazing when we, we talk about those muscles and, and how readily, you know, if you're open to it, how available they can be like that. Yeah. Um, I, you're a very spiritual person as well, from what I read and kind of uh, listened to some of the interviews you've done. So, you know, maybe meditation, maybe some uh, some other things uh, will work for you. For me, it's it's watching musicals. And uh, that's that's kind of my happy place and my, my vibration raising mechanism. You know, I just, uh, I go to sing in the rain or I go to, uh, you know, a, a movie of that, energy and uh you know 20 minutes into it i am i'm gone i kind of released everything else and I'm, okay, this is me. I know who I am. yeah i think i need to do that L listen to little james taylor um bring bring myself because i'm uh that's so funny that you say that because like what towards the one of the last days on this last movie one of the producers and i he just started singing from les mis and i just jumped right in yeah. and um and it was one of the more, uh, it was, <laughs> I felt more like, do you hear the people run? Where, but we were singing, you know, fall of rain. I was like, okay, that's a little bit better. But my whole character was more like <laughs> singing the songs of angry men. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. I grew up doing musical theater, so I, I feel you there. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Use it, use it. It works for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that you know, you come from comedy and you've done so much comedy. And I, I want to improv uh, shortly because that's that's my background as well. Um, and you get to play various characters. So there's a lot uh, to your career and 144 IMDb credits. But you you do a lot. <laughs> and uh, I find that ironic uh, for for a lot of us that come from comedy is that we want to do comedy we're we're happy silly uh people and yet we get to ask to be doing a lot of drama i don't get it it doesn't make sense and that gets into types which we'll talk about in a second but 
yeah. you know, have you figured out why uh, kind of you're doing a lot of drama? Why? Let's see. I don't. I think that. I mean, I, I think there's a part of it that goes back to that old uh, quote that I'll probably butcher right now: "Is dying is easy, comedy is hard." So I think once, once you like, um, there's a surrender. I think to really good comedy, that you just there's a. It's kind of a. I had a stand-up teacher. I love this. That said, comedy. You know, stand-up comedy is like a yes and with the audience. But there's mm -hmm. kind of being that present that you that you know the energy of the audience that you can take it in one direction on this night and then take it in a different direction based on the feeling the audience is giving you the next night. And so, uh, yeah, I think that comedy is really hard. And so. The only thing I can say is that maybe um, once we oh there's my yeah, there's my laundry. <laughs> I usually don't even have that buzzer on, but I'm like so out of it. I was afraid I'd forget it in there. Um, so, um, but the other thing, you know, if we would probably be like all of us, we as much as we're caught, I think we learn comedy to cope to a certain degree. I can't speak for your childhood and where you came from, but I think mm -hmm. that we there's a certain coping mechanism to comedy. We read people. We know that there's going to be a release of tension. If we say this exactly like this in this moment, we're going to get that person to laugh or calm down. And we're going to break the tension in that moment. And I think for me, you know, that was a little bit, I just, I remember being a bit of a storyteller. And I remember, I remember, my parents don't believe me, but I can remember I would do things just to make them laugh. They would call me, um, um, Malaprop Mal Mal Meredith, because I would say, and they thought that I did it accidentally but i would do it on purpose like i would say you know my steak is too tough i need a segregated knife and they and and i'd say and they still don't believe that i knew what i was doing when i would say that because i knew i would make them laugh at the dinner table so i would do those kind of things on purpose mispronounce things and sometimes i certainly say like once but like one time i was telling this very story and I illustrated my own point by calling myself misanthrop Meredith. And then the whole story made no sense. And that, so I illustrated my whole point accidentally. Um, but um, I think that, so the comedy comes from a little bit from that you learn those, you learn those, that yes and in your childhood, how to make people laugh. But I, but I, you know, the sad reality is for so many artists, some of that, dra the drama, the love of the drama, the highs and lows that we get, that usually got into our, for most of creative people, that usually got into our body as a child too. So I'm used to that level of chaos. So now if I can keep it on set and get paid for it, and when we call cut, keep it out of my car ride the next morning, then yeah. then then we're doing okay. You know, if we can keep it on the the tapestry, if we can keep it on the, you know, keep painting and keep it on the what am I trying to say? You know, the the canvas. That's what I'm trying to say. If we can keep the that, that drama on the canvas and then walk away, then 
then hopefully we're we're heading towards a successful life and a successful career, right? Yeah, it's, it's true. And you're you're absolutely right. Thinking back to my childhood, um, it was a uh, a coping mechanism. Uh, comedy was a way in for me because I was the uh, you know nerdy kid who was not popular, and comedy was kind of my way in and uh, getting to get some people to like me. Uh, and uh, I remember staying up uh, nights and uh, being very lonely. And I was, you know, uh, melancholy. A lot of my poetry uh, came from around those days. So there was a lot of that kind of drama and uh, introspection. Um, you know, when people right now think of me as this extrovert, I'm saying, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm extroverted and I love uh, kind of doing that to a point. But I'm very much an introvert, and I'm I'm very sensitive, and it's 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 kind of that uh, complexity that maybe people see and they sense, and they say, yeah, I, we want you for drama, even though there's a part of me that wants to do a lot more comedy. Right, right, yeah. There's that. I I did a lot of early in my um, career. I did a lot of essence work with um, this amazing teacher who's who passed away. Uh, a couple of years ago, but his name was Sam Christensen, and he had studied um, kind of he studied the studio system and how studios created stars, where they pluck you out and say, "Okay, you're the sweater girl, and this is what you wear, and this is who you date, and we're going to put you up in this little you know cottage on the lot, and this is going to be we're going to create you," and and his. He had done all this study of that, and then his he taught basically how to how we could do that for ourselves. But and the crazy thing is, um, when I was in my twenties, like all the things that had shaped me, that had made me interesting when that camera rolled, right? All those things I was kind of embarrassed of or ashamed of, and I did I thought I was covering them. So I thought I I didn't think I could have that dark side of the lonely child and still be the the cheerful like still have the person be the person that has the happy gene too like I could I didn't know I could be both so I was trying to cover that darkness all that darkness that made me so interesting with this happy you know I'm in LA now and I'm going to create this life and I was a baby you know so I didn't I didn't think that darkness anyone wanted to see. And when I did this essence work with Sam, I found out that every essence I had, had that dark and light. Like it, and I wasn't hiding anything. And the camera sees all of that. It sees, and so I think, and that may be the other reason, like if we're talking about, you know, where we came from and what brought us to be actors, is that we, all those things where we just want to, transcend the lonely child that we were and the 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 you know the the person the girl that felt it's interesting to say you know blonde white female feels so different but when you spend seven years in alaska being the different person being the person that sticks out like a sore thumb then then um i carry i've carried that with me so there's that so i think so I, I understand why, yes, we want to be 
kind of the the people that maybe we've stepped into as adults but the that essence is still gorgeous and what makes us so interesting when the cameras roll seeing that part of you um so i i think yeah we if, if we can tell the truth and bring that like still bring that we can be so many colors i can still be that lonely girl that felt like she had to play alone and and conquer the whole world and be a cheery a woman that's a cheery housewife like if i can do that and then sometimes the camera still sees like i feel like i don't work as much commercially i don't play the the warm fuzzy mothers pretty much i play the career driven mothers the, the mothers that are like on the verge they they're on the verge of a nervous breakdown because for whatever reason they've lost something and so I could still you can still work in commercials but as long as I know those are the women I play I play the woman that's gonna give you frozen pizza because I want to go out and have some white wine with my girlfriends you know what I mean so I can I you can still work like crazy as long as you're kind of like okay I'm not the warm fuzzy mom that's just not who I am going to be because the camera sees the truth to a certain degree. And in, in my core, there's still that kid in the sandbox. <laughs> yeah. so. No, it's, it's, it's true. And uh, your words are going to ring out what, um, uh, what one of the casting directors uh, who, I've, uh, who I've taken some workshops from and who was on the show, her name is Kathy Rankin. And, uh -huh. um, she Kathy? Did, yeah. Oh Kathy my gosh, did. I studied with Kathy at TVI Actors Studio where I worked for years. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, she's... Uh, <laughs> I know <great>. Kathy. <laughs> yeah, she didn't let me get away with any of my uh, crap. She saw right through it and she said, nope, uh, not, not liking it. So I had to really do a lot of soul searching and changing. Thank God for that, because that opened me up uh, substantially. But uh, she keeps on talking about, you know, light and dark qualities, and you can't just come in and be light or be dark. You have to be this combination. So, you know, when you mentioned that, I, I immediately heard her voice in the back of my head. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. We have Kathy in common. Yeah, we have Gerald in common. We'll talk about oh, Gerald. My, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I, I was going to go back. I was gonna go back and watch his. Now I'm gonna go back and watch it. I didn't want to. I watched somebody who I didn't know a little bit just to get a sense of your style. Um, oh. But I'm now I got to go back and watch Gerald. <laughs> and uh, keep scrolling down, Kathy. Yeah, Kathy is gonna be there as well. Uh, oh, good, good. Yeah, Kathy <laughs> was gonna be my first guest uh, on the show because uh, again, to me, she's very influential in what happened in my acting uh, kind of arc of going from a person who. I thought I was, uh, and then after meeting her, you know, changing the path and uh, discovering myself and discovering Meisner, thank God, because now I can get out of my head and I can just focus, you know, not on the interview, but I can focus on your eyes. Uh, right, and right. By it. So yeah, Kathy was gonna be my first guest, but uh, the timing didn't work out, so she came on a little bit later. Um, yeah, it's, it's very cool. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so you bring you bring on uh, a couple of uh, things that I wanted to touch upon, which is uh, types, right? So what I know uh, in in your career, your types have have evolved. 
what uh, how quickly did you uh, discover what they were typing you as and how did that progress for you i think i was lucky that because of sam christensen's um the work i did with sam christensen i discovered it really early on now mm -hmm. did i embrace it and really own it no yeah. um i i was so it was actually shocking to me it was like therapeutic but not necessarily in the good way at first to see that all of the things that um i thought i had done a good job disguising mm -hmm. um the sadness the anger the loneliness all those things that i found all those emotions that i found as a as a uh woman and i i don't think it's just just women that but i but i had acting coaches that said oh you know you're ugly when you cry or like all those things that i had thought were that i should hide and especially because i was so young yeah. and nobody I, I, you don't i think you don't appreciate the things that um i can i can speak for me i didn't appreciate the all the cool things that make me different at that point i wanted to be the same and when i started in this business it was very um, they called it P&G, like Procter and Gamble or Peaches and Cream. And that's what was selling. Like I was on the tail end of that, but commercially, that's what was selling. Christy Brinkley and Fresh Face. And, and I, the fact that I had this dichotomy of I looked like the Fresh Face, you know, New England girl or wealthy, you know, girl, but I, but I didn't, but I was, I felt like, hey, I'm more than that but I also don't want you to see that. <laughs> so um, so I, it took me a while and I had a lot of amazing mentors in this business who were about 15, 20 years older than I was when I started. And they, um, they would say things like, you're gonna come into your own. You're just, it's gonna be, it's gonna take a little longer. And you don't wanna hear that when you're in your 20s. And and I would even have a, he actually just recently passed away a huge commercial casting director named Danny Goldman and he he had me on camera one day and he goes come and look at this like you can't tell how old you are like I had for whatever reason my bone structure so I'm I'm young but he's like you can't really tell I don't know where to put you and so a lot of the women who who were working actresses were saying you're going to come into your own when you're older and and like i said i didn't want to hear that i wanted to work then yeah um but that a lot of i think once i got once i stopped fighting that you can play bougie and not be bougie like yeah. that all those things that people assume because of the essence you give off stop trying to prove them wrong just just take the money and run you know so stop you you know you can be a bougie character you can be a bitchy character and still not be that in real life or or be that at times and own that and stop trying to hide that part of you so it took it definitely took getting older and it took stop trying to fit into everyone's mold stop that that theater actor mentality that we have where we are like we can do everything yes maybe but maybe not i'm terrible at accents i don't want to do them we live in i live in los angeles you can find on any given day an actor better than i am 
who can do British or Australian. You know what I mean? So, so I don't like, I'm not good at Shakespeare. I'm just not. And let, let someone who does that well do that and stop trying to fit there and, and know, but I do this as good as or better than anyone. And so be, so it was a lot of growing up to accept that not every role is going to be right for you. And sometimes a role is just so yours and sometimes it just isn't. And you can put, you can do, you can have the best technique in the world and you can do all the prep and there's going to be someone that just slides into that role because it's so close to who they are that, that that's just how it is. Um, and um, so it was a lot of growing up and stop fighting and stop, um, stop almost begging, you know, for like to be seen. Cause there were so many years that I just wanted to be in the game. And I was the, I was harder, hardest worker that I knew. Like I, and that level of surrender and going, this just isn't yours. This one just isn't yours. And there will be more opportunities. And that's when everything kind of changed is. When you let go. Yeah. And just go, okay, yeah, this is what, or I'll look at something. I'm like, oh, come on. This is what I do. Yes. <laughs> I fought for roles that I didn't realize I already pretty much had, you know, like, and I'm like, oh, this, I got to play this. And I find out later, oh no, they requested you. And I thought, well, why did you make me go through the audition then? If they told, like, and they're like, well, you know, I'm thinking, I get it because they're casting, the cast directors want to keep their job. So they got to, you know, put me on tape and show. But I'm like, do you know how many hoops I jumped through and how many things I had to rearrange to come to your office and nail that, try to nail that role? Not having any idea that the producers had already said Meredith Thomas. <laughs> that's, that's reality of our business. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's again, and, and you mentioned, and you mentioned type and you mentioned, uh, you know, how large LA is and how, you know, many people kind of look alike. And, uh, when I was, uh, when I was looking at, uh, at your photos and when I was doing some prep, you know, there were a few actresses that came to mind and I wanted to ask you if, um, you know, looking mm -hmm. similar to, to others, was a help or a hindrance or it didn't have an effect so the two names that came to mind almost immediately was uh, was joey adams and uh malin eckerman so those were the two has that come up before i I'm, I'm sure i'm not the first one who brings it up wait so yes so joey adams i always thought it was more my like i was like oh it's my voice right um but who's the but yes so that's come up a lot yes yes mm -hmm. yes and and um but who's the other one Melon Eckerman. Spell that. Uh, M A L I N A K E R M A N Eckerman. So I've never heard that. Okay, it's it's <laughs> in the smile. It's in the smile. All all okay. of the three of you. For me, it's in the smile. So I I understand the voice uh, in terms of Joey, but it's in the smile. It's in the smile. It's in the lips. It's it's uh, for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've never. She. You know who she looks like to me is that uh, that country singer that was married to uh, Blake. 
Blake Shelton. Um, yeah, does Miranda Lambert? She kind of yeah. maybe it's just this one picture. She looks a little like Miranda Lambert. Um, yeah. No, I'm gonna actually look. I'm gonna look at her work because I'm sure I've seen her, but I, I the name was not um, familiar mm -hmm. to me. I'm sure I've I, seen her a thousand things. One um, one of my one of my uh, uh, God given talents, which I know I have, and uh, many people criticize me for, is the fact that I know when somebody looks like somebody and I know when somebody sounds like somebody. Um, I, I just, uh, uh, Tim uh, Timothy Davis, uh, who's wonderful and I love him in billions. Uh, he was on the show and I was talking to Tim and I'm like, I know your voice, I know your voice, I know your voice. And, and towards kind of the middle of the show, I'm like, you sound like George Clooney. You have almost identical tone to George. And he's like, yeah, I heard that before. So I, it's, it's one of my things. That's interesting. Well, you'd be, I think, like the fr friends that I have that I'm like, you should be in casting, like, you, you know, because there's certain people that that's a gift that you can just, um, I'm more of a face person. Like, mm -hmm. I, I will remember, I may, I'll forget your name, but I'll remember the incident that I saw, like, the, I'll remember where I was talking to you, like, I will that I, I can and I'll place it like it's odd but then but then I'll I'll totally have your name wrong but I'll be like I remember I saw you there it was this audition da da da, da. this was happening around us <laughs> like I, I back to that scene I guess yeah that's very cool um again it's it's all of us have all the little different uh, quirks but uh, that's that's one that I've always had uh, and I don't know if it's the energy and the essence of the person where, you know, you capture it and you're like, that's it. Um, there is, uh, I, again, I, I do that with my friends uh, all the time. And, uh, you know, sometimes they believe me, other times they don't. But most of the time they look at it and like, yeah, I see it. Uh, mm -hmm. I, just, I just have to, you know, find the right picture for them to understand what I'm talking about. But right, anyway, right. Um, you know, having some resemblance to uh, to others. Have you found that it's been helpful or was it a hindrance uh, or it doesn't matter? Um, I don't think it, I, for me, I don't think it, it's mattered. Like I, and if it has, I don't know about it. Like you always hear those stories where like, oh, she didn't get it because she looked like his ex-wife or, you know, I didn't like um, the sound of her voice or, you know, but I, I don't think it has, I feel like, um, I feel like I, if anything, I'm, I'm always like, well, does, does it not work that I'm a blonde? You know, like, did it go to the brunette or, you know, did it go to someone that, um, older, younger? Like, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't know if they say, Hey, we, maybe it has, maybe they've said I want a Joey Lawrence Adams or whatever type. And, yeah. um, I think more than that, people have mistaken me. Do you know, um, Meredith Monroe, the actress. She's mm. yeah, yeah. Now you're gonna send you to your oh, phone. So okay. not only do I look like her, I mean, and she's been on more series, like she's, and we're very, we're probably right around the same age. And then Meredith Thomas, Meredith Monroe, and I happen to love Marilyn Monroe. So it was like, like I've been mistaken for her. I I swear I've been called in for jobs where they wanted her, maybe even book jobs where they wanted her because um, another blonde Meredith with Meredith, you know, with a very, um, you know, European <laughs> sounding name. 
Um, so. I, I'll definitely look that up uh, after the show. I'll, I'll let you yeah, know. Yeah, check, check out Meredith Monroe. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I have not heard of her because, you know, that, that part of me says, hey, I know who people look like and now I don't know who you've been recognized for. I, I just don't know Meredith. Yeah, I think it's more like the name and that we're blonde. Like, you know, okay. like that's probably, I don't know if we look alike, but it's the name and that we're both blonde. <laughs> so. Uh, very cool. Well, yeah, me and Woody Allen will not have that problem. You know, I have the first name, he has the last name, the fact that we're both Jewish. Uh, I think that's, that's, <laughs> that's where it ends. Yeah. Um, you, know, so, you, have, you have no plans to marry your stepdaughter anytime soon. No, no, I, I really <laughs> don't have any plans on having a stepdaughter unless my <laughs> wife has enough of me and, and says that's it. You know, all they bring into my life, get out. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> could happen, uh, but no, I certainly do not plan on doing that. Um, but yeah that part of his yeah. life there's yeah. a yeah there's a lot of geniuses that are you know like they yeah that it stops at genius like that's where we let's not discuss anymore <laughs> sometimes sometimes i wonder is you know because in order for somebody to be incredibly successful at something that means that they really just focus on that and everything else kind of falls by the wayside so i wonder if you know our ability to be well-rounded and quote unquote normal people uh, precludes us from having the genius because we choose not to only focus on one thing and make it our life's mission. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't I don't know either. I think that um like I had another teacher, amazing teacher, Stuart K. Robinson, and he was like he was like, you kind of have he said to me, you kind of like get the Stuart Rob I, I the the Steve Martin thing. Like you have you know, you have, you can do this and you, you have a lot of things that you can do. And, and I mean, I think that's good and bad, you know, because then like people are always like, well, why don't you do voiceover? I'm like, well, I don't have time to like commit to all of that too. And to this and to trying to, you know, do like, I, yeah, if somebody, it just, it's, too much do you i don't want to but then you also want to you don't want to be a jack of all trades master of none either but um there's definitely you definitely have to find some sort of a balance um and that has definitely been hard for me being that i just like working and i like i like the hard work i like being busy um but I had an ex-boyfriend say, you know, and you hear this a lot, it's cliched, but, you know, say to me years ago, you know, you don't need to play harder, you need to play smarter. And I'm constantly trying to remind myself of that because I guess somehow it, I decided that hard work, I had to prove myself and it had to be hard to be worth it. And um, I think as you get older, you're like their life is hard enough you don't have to make it any harder like it can't and 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 i struggled so much and so worked so hard in my 20s and 30s and lack of sleep and all everything i did like should when do i get to slow down and just go, reap the benefits of, of the hard work i'm still trying to find that balance yeah and again looking at your resume looking at all the credits looking at the type of work that you've done you know on tv you've done the co-star you've done the guest star you've done recurring uh you've done tv movies which we'll get into in a second 
uh, <laughs> on the film side, you've done shorts, you've done indies, you've done features. You're still doing short uh, films, which I find remarkable and awesome all at the same time. Uh, your your resume doesn't show any fear or favor. It's just you're doing all of these projects. And my uh, question was, is that kind of the byproduct of being a working actor? And you know, let's add commercials to that uh, because you've done a ton of commercials. So yeah. is it a byproduct of being a working actor or is that's just who you are and you have to do it that way and you continue to, uh, to work? I think that it's, it's a little bit of both. Like I think that um, some of it, you know, is there stuff that I would go back and be like, yeah, didn't really need to do that project. Certainly, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Although that that phrase will never really work again after this year. But <laughs> like we've that sadly this year has destroyed that fit. Uh, phrase but you know hindsight is 2020 like if I knew what it was going to turn out like would I would I remove that one from my resume yeah probably would I so I think yes I think that it, there used to be a time that you could just you know you would be you're a television actor you're a soap actor you're a voiceover artist you're a commercial actor and that with with the wild west and with all the platforms that ha that's like that's kind of gone out that's gone away and so i have if it's a it's if it's a short that i love i want to do it you know like i and and often it'll be and it's a director that i'm like oh yeah i want it like some of my most fulfilling like some i've had some majorly challenging roles in a short where either it's a dark comedy or it's a really lovely slice of life where i have to where i you know, slip on like a different kind of a, and i work with another like i work with a director that i i'll say hey no that whole performance was this particular director really directing me out of my little trick so where i my comfortable place um and so I think it's both. It's yes, being a working actor right now to a certain degree is you you get what you get, you know, like you're willing to take and and work. So there's that. And then on the flip side, there's that part of me that just is like doesn't feel alive unless I'm on set. And that's not I'm not it's not necessarily something that I should be proud of, you know, where it, it's, so I'd like to find where I am going is trying to find that balance of going, you don't need this role for your real, you've done this role before, it's okay to say no. And that's really hard for me. Because when you spend years just wanting to get in the game, and then finally goes, and finally, you're getting opportunities to finally, you're getting these opportunities to do what you spent years hoping you'd have a chance to do. It's really hard to transition and go, you know what? I don't think I need that. I don't need that for the money. I don't need that for the experience of the role because I play this role over and over. I don't need that. I've worked with this director before, you know, and that is, so that's why I have all those credits. But like I said, would I give some of those credits back and let somebody else have them so that, you know, and have half of the credits, you know, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> I just I just worked with Eric Roberts on my last film and it's like he's a machine. But then I'm like, but he also, you know, is is getting more a day than I am. You know what I'm like? So it's what's the in COVID times, what's the price tag that's you're willing to take to go to get out of your house and put that mask on and then be the most vulnerable one on set. So I'm kind of honestly reassessing um, where I'm going to try to take this time to reassess where I want my career to be when mm -hmm. we all in the new normal, <laughs> you know, when we come out of this, however that looks. Yeah. Um, it's it's a great thing to do. It's it's a great uh, time to kind of reassess and decide now what you want for that next step. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you you started doing a lot more producing. Uh, you know, one of uh, I I love Stacks, which is uh, which is Gerald's. Uh, oh film, yay! Which is Gerald's film that you are an associate producer on, and you've done yeah. other producing. Um, how did that come about, and why did you decide to kind of add that uh, you know to your already busy schedule? Well, I've told this story uh, a lot in uh, that I remember when I was in my 20s reading about reading about actresses that were already like buying up scripts um, yeah. for when they hit their 40s so that there would be work for them. Now, of course, that was a different time. Like we we have so many platforms now and the world has started to embrace um, women getting older and and being in lead characters a lot more yes a lot more than when i was starting out in this industry so that's amazing but what is how much of that is a byproduct of actresses being smart in the in going i'm not seeing this industry offering what i want so let me now buy or produce and create what i want for me so um so that was kind of how I fell into it. And I, I, I feel like it was later that I, I knew that was happening, but I was so worried about just getting an acting job that the idea of producing um, was just so foreign to me. It just, I wouldn't have known where to begin. And so, um, so I just, so I just started to, one, I realized that I needed to learn from people that had done it before. So that's why I really wanted to work on Gerald's project because he did that transition. Like he had transitioned from being a working actor and then working that side. And he, to for the most part, like self-taught. I mean, yes, he had people that went before him and he learned. But so then I was like, so when I, so I just was like, I want to be on board for this. I want to learn this. Um, and let me bring what I can help you with and you bring what you can um, help me with to the table and let's see if we can do that. So that was, so as of right now, I've been smart in that I attach myself to great projects, I think. And then I go, hey, let me see what I can bring to the table as a producer because I really love this project. Um, starting fresh is where, from like, whereas I, where I don't have the producers already, a producers above me, that's been the harder part because um, just accepting that I don't know how to do it yet. You know, I really want, and that's why I wanted to work with Gerald. It's like, okay, I, you know, teach me, teach me how this is done, that how you can be an actor and transition. 
And honestly, Gerald's project is the first, the first one that I really did that I'm not attached. Well, I mean, there's a couple of others, but one of the first ones that I'm not attached in any way as an actor. Yeah. So that was cool. Yep. Um, yeah, Gerald, Gerald is great. I, it's, uh, I, I really like talking to people who not only have the drive and the interest in making something of themselves, but doesn't take it to the extreme of the ego element. And he's just a really good human being who is this incredibly talented and accomplished uh, person. I, I, I really enjoyed speaking with him. So. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, we've been lucky enough to have met when we were both starting, when we were acting, you know what I mean? So I've been able to, like, watch his, like, I I remember the whole, you know, watching that whole thing happen, and I'm like, and then, um, and luckily, I've been kind of going along for the ride, you know, like, he's in so many, and I, I told him that the other day, I was like, I just, you know, I know you don't want it or need to hear this, but so many opportunities have come. Yeah. Now, once he opened the door, I had to prove myself sure. and then but so many things have come because of that first door getting opened and then them going because they if they and then them go, oh, yeah, we've heard of her. Now, now she's you know, now she does Christmas movies and Lifetime movies and mm -hmm. and um so that's why they say, you know, be nice to the the assistants and the associates and be nice to your fellow people because um, you don't know where they are going to be sooner than later. I mean, that's not the reason, obviously. Be nice and kind anyway, but don't don't treat the people beginning their career different than you're going to treat the people that are already where they want to be. It's like uh, dating, you know, to, uh, I heard, I love this. I read, read this years ago where somebody's grandmother had said, or mother had said to her, treat the men that you like the same way, you know, that you like and want to date the same way, it's, the, the ones that you don't, you should treat, like it should be equal. Like the men that you like should get no more kindness than the men that you don't, don't necessarily, you know, like treat people mm -hmm. the same. Um, if you give all of your attention and kind of to the one that you like, you're going to miss. Um, and if I'd done that, like all my attention to how I thought my career should look, I would have missed this whole TV movie genre that I like. I wasn't that wasn't on my vision board, <laughs> but I'm not asking anyone to take it away. <laughs> it's definitely on mine. When, when people are surprised by my answer of. Uh... You know, when they ask me what I want to do uh, as an actor, I say Hallmark movies. I love that energy. That's 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 me. I just put me in those movies. I'm good. So that's that's kind of. You should uh, write yourself one. I should, and I am a writer, so I should yeah. write myself one. But uh, I started this project, and this project <laughs> now is basically a full-time job that doesn't pay anything. Uh, so it's 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 another thing that I have to juggle. But I love it, so I'm gonna yeah, continue. Yeah. See where it goes. Uh, <laughs> so I have again a lot more questions for you, but uh, I know that uh, our time is is kind of uh, you know running short. So why don't we get to our actors' lightning round? And uh, okay. you're welcome to uh, to come back again. 
And so I can ask you more of these, you know, two pages uh, of questions that I have. For you. Wow. <laughs> I know my, as my aunt would say, she's a talker. Like, <laughs> so I didn't throw off all your preparation with all my yakking. <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm fascinated. And, and again, we, we had a chance to, uh, to go off script, which is what I really want to do. These questions, and by the way, kind of when I show them to people, it's not because I'm going to ask question one and I'm going to finish here. It's really not. It's so I remember that I wanted to ask these questions and it's, it's a flow. So uh, I have an energy of where things are going. And then, you know, you mentioned something else. So we bring that and it kind of, it all goes. Uh, it's it's more of my note cards of uh, not forgetting something. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of that lightning round that uh, you know we're we're trying to get to, you've been on a ton of projects. Now, if you had to pick one favorite and only one, which oh one? Oh my goodness! I know, I know, it's ridiculous. Wow. You know, I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a Christmas in Vermont because. Well, okay, that's my favorite. That I'm gonna modify it because that's my favorite on film experience. Okay, so, that's Because I have favorite live experience, live theater experiences. But I, I'm gonna say that's my favorite on film because that was kind of classic Hollywood in that uh, that oh, that was the beginning of my television movie career, and it kind of was like my whole career. Uh, it was a whirlwind. I had to get to Buffalo, New York, because there was about to be a snowstorm. So my, sh so things were moved up. So I had to get my life in LA in order, like that, to get to Buffalo. Chevy Chase wasn't involved yet. I had uh, only a couple of scenes. Mm. By the end of it, more stuff had been written. Chevy Chase was involved. It, it just turned, and it's kind of like. It's a kind of it's kind of a metaphor for my career. Like it's just I just said yes, and then look at what unfolded. This and 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 led to all these other things. So, Christmas in Vermont. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, one of my questions. Uh, it's not in lightning round, but one of the questions I really wanted to talk to you about improv. And as soon as you said yes, and I have to ask it. So. Um, uh -huh. Uh, my my background, the reason why I started the acting is because I was watching Whose Line Is It Anyway, and I said, I have to go. I'm, I'm in Chicago. I can't not go to Second City. So I went to Second City, and I spent a year plus uh, there. Um, I know you were a Groundlings, and I know you've done a ton of stuff. What's your favorite style of improv? Just to make that into a short question. I I think I don't feel that I'm talented at building characters like comedic characters like I don't feel like I'd ever be a Saturday Night Live you know like I just don't mine is the yes and the the give throw me something let me think on my feet let me yes and with you and see where this goes so I that um just letting the audience kind of dictate Okay. And letting the audience and your fellow players dictate hmm. how it's how you play this, and that comes in really handy in life and on um, and in commercial auditions too. Just you'd hmm. never know what you're about to get thrown. You don't know who you're going to go in with. You know very little about the script, um, and just just be willing to be in that moment and tell the truth. Perfect. Um, I, love, I love improv. Yeah. Um, so a, 
who's the in terms of acting stuff so i guess let me preface that who's the best actor you've ever had a chance to work with oh that i've ever had a chance to work with well i guess it would have to be um i'd have to go back to when i was a baby watching people on pleasantville so i would i uh jeff daniels and joan allen like watching their process from afar being like this little <laughs> actress from new hampshire that wanted to do this and then just um it was different like jeff was very jeff daniels was very to himself and like never and then it, i just yeah those are the two like they're they're real actors like they just get in it <laughs> um which series or film that's out there right now that you're not a part of that you would have loved to be cast in oh wow i think um i just i think just a, a sitcom like any like mom maybe you know like just a stat like a, a really um maybe mom or veep okay oh yeah <laughs> i see you in veep veep it would be perfect for you <laughs> yeah um well we're we reached out to julia louise Dreyfus, so if she comes on the show i'll i'll, I'll definitely talk to her about it oh awesome <laughs> what's one thing that most people do not know about you Gosh, I talk about so much. Um, okay, um, for a minute during, for a minute in my early 20s, I had this crazy notion that I should be bi-coastal. That wasn't the crazy part, but um, the plan of how I would become bi-coastal was that I would work for the airlines. And I didn't want to be a I didn't want to be a, a customer service rep and I didn't want to be a flight attendant. So I actually threw bags for the former America West Airlines at LAX for a very short time. Long enough to get one free ticket, which I used to go to New York City and hang out with Prince Albert of Monaco. And then my dad coached me through quitting that job, giving my notice. And it's probably the only time in my life that I really did not succeed at something I set my mind to. Wow. <laughs> I was not good at tossing bags for an airline. I was pretty yeah. terrible, like really terrible, like Saturday Night Live sketch bad. You do not want this girl like bringing in the flight. I could, I mean, it, yeah that that's awesome i love that, <laughs> I love that. and now we, now we have to pause because you just said something about hanging out with uh you know uh, prince of monaco so what <laughs> what's the story there so i met oh gosh this is um so i'm I, when i was at the american academy of dramatic arts out here in la i um i uh <laughs> i met an actress who well, at the time, I kind of bought the story that maybe she was in some sort of secret relationship with him. I think today we'd call it maybe stalker, but I was like young and had stars in my eyes and didn't. Yeah. Uh, so um, 
we uh we went and like went showed up at one of his uh mom's charity like prince grace foundation charities and yeah. um mean you know meanwhile i had i'm using a free ticket from um uh from throwing bags and we're sleeping a couple of nights on our friend's couch and then a couple of the night like one night at the ymca at central park and we're going to this like charity thing um and then you know that led me to follow her to monaco on on uh like one of her she's the one that had the idea that i should work for the air we should work we should work for the airlines but she never did only i did i i said okay i'm gonna do it and i did it and, yes, and i was terrible at it um yeah. so then we did a trip to monaco monaco yeah. dead of winter to hang around with prince albert so i always say those those stories are for my memoirs but um uh, that so yeah so that's how I stayed at the palace apartment and and you know Monaco is like the size speaking of uh, Central Park it's like the size of Central Park mm. and um, and it's the dead of winter and I'm in Monaco and you can see Monaco in a half a day you know and unless you're you know you know looking for a tax shelter or gamble or drink and I did drink at the time I you know like I drank and went to the discos uh, with you know appropriate inappropriate older men you know but <laughs> so that was this so that was there's more to that there's there's more tales i could tell but um that was my experience uh with prince albert wow <laughs> and i guess going from there we may segue into the next uh, question of uh what's the craziest thing that ever happened to you on a set I worked with Gary Busey. Um, okay. We can probably stop the story right there, but please go on. So, um, and I, I'm, again, I should be careful when I say he's with, he's, uh, Gary is with my, um, my commercial agent. And no, it just, you know, it just, that was one of those things that I, speaking of like a yes and, you just, you just roll with it. And, um, and all of my theater training came I mean, sorry, not theater training, but probably yes to that too. But all of my um, improv training came in so well because we, the, it was just a complete yes and with Gary Busey, like where he was going with it, mm -hmm. it like what he was saying, okay, let's do it. Just yeah. um, and then and then trying to you know guide him back to the script is hoping that some of this was going to make it into the movie and you know like doing like these huge pages and just um and um so that was a huge learning experience of like if you know like if you know that the the stories of like gary Busey and how he has to work with then you go to the set knowing that and you don't act surprised yeah. when things go are weird you know or things are different then so you just so that was a, you know that was and that was kind of like that's a war story for my memoirs like i can handle anything like i can lines dropped things happening yes and <laughs> to a certain degree and then you say to yourself how much am i willing to take before i say no more I walk off set. 
so that was kind of a, like it's like I can handle this but I can't handle that so you start to go yeah I will do this for the paycheck I won't do that for the paycheck like I I will have there'll be and there and I've had and that movies that I worked on after that you know like line in the sand I will not I'm not gonna risk my life on a, a B movie like this is not how my story ends you know, like I can do this. I won't do that. You know, <laughs> so that Thanks. was a crazy and I could go. Um, and then, gosh, you know, now that I say that I've got now that I think of it, I've got crazier stories, crazier stories of being on location. And mm-hmm. again, for if anyone ever wants to read my memoirs, I'm going to I got some tales to tell. <laughs> Do. Please do. Uh, share. So save one of those for the next time you're going to come on. Okay. And write your memoir. Please, uh, please come back so we can talk about it and make sure that you're Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Last, uh, last question as we close this interview off. Um, okay. If you had a chance to talk to, uh, to a young Meredith who's just starting out, who's on Pleasantville, uh, and you had a chance to give her one piece of acting advice, what would that be? Oh my gosh. Um, I think, I guess I'd say you have like all everything you, you have, you already have it there. It's all there. So, um, just be willing to access it. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's nothing that stops you more than the fear. And I've had that fear where I've jumped into a role and I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I really don't think I have this one in me. I can't tell that. I can't be that available. And then for the most part, unless I, unless it was just came down to technical issues, you know, issues beyond my control, technical within the set, I feel like I, I've always brought it. I mean, some would might argue like that wasn't the best choice or, you know what I mean? Like, but, um, but it's right. It's there. If you're open, like you you have it there, just be open to bringing it and not being afraid of it because the fear blocks it. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for, for coming on and sharing this uh, with us. I really, really, really enjoyed learning about you and talking to you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. It was a really nice treat to, to receive the invite. Yeah. And thanks to everybody for tuning in. Uh, we, we appreciate it. We uh, thank you for watching. We know you love acting as much as we do. Take care.